Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Tuning into the Metal Forge, I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson, and I am your host. Wow. I hope everybody is doing awesome here in November. Wow. I cannot believe we're already halfway through November. Jesus. It's like, where does the time go? I really don't know anymore. It's just so fast, you know. I got my paycheck today from my day job. And immediately it was gone. That's the beauty part about being a homeowner. Paying the bills, doing the thing, it's gone. But anyways, dudes, how are you all? I have Traveler from Calgary, Alberta, Canada in the Metal Forge today. We're going to be speaking with Matt and JP. Super rad dudes. It's 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 awesome. I, I'm digging it. You know, I like these guys. I like Traveler. This whole new wave of traditional heavy metal stuff that's been out there, super rad times. But we've got an awesome month. You already heard who's going to be in here this month. Fallen Void next week. Black Tusk a week after that. Oh, wow, yeah. And tonight, if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, go to see Municipal Waste and Crowbar at Diamonds on Barrett Avenue. I will be there. Come say hey. I can't promise you a sticker or anything because I'm out of them right now. But hey, 
Seriously, come say, dude, I listened to the Metal Forge. You rock, or what the fuck ever. So I do want to give a big shout out to Brandon from Vomit666. Dude, thank you so much. I finally made it up to my other place to get the mail that you sent me. I love the beanie, dude. The vomit fuck off patch with the scorpion on there. It's like, it's, it reminds me of like Sting when he was actually kind of good. And the other cool stuff like the stickers and the other awesome vomit patches. Hell yes, dude. Thank you so much. You've got something headed your way soon as well. I appreciate that. Also here, this is an awesome mail day, you know? I also... Got my copy of Entrails and Thrills cassette from Vanek. And I am so excited to listen to this on cassette. It's like bated breath. You know, I, I just have to do it. I'm like, ooh, new music. And yeah, I've heard it digitally. But I want to hear it in the way Vanek talked about. In the way he envisioned that to be done. You know, where you listen to the first side in its entirety. You know, that's awesome stuff. I, I, I really like that concept. And I think, you know, Overload's going to do that with their next as well. It's the artist vision of it, which is cool to me. Speaking of artist vision of things, oh, uh, yesterday Metallica dropped a little hint thing, and it's the Metallica black box. They never, they didn't say what it was, but the artwork was a shipping container, and they had a, a video that went with it that was. Crazily enough, they were all videos from the Black Album Tour, the Anywhere I May Roam Tour is what it was called. So I've got this sneaking suspicion because they just released the audio box set that they're going to release a DVD or Blu-ray live video set of like the entire video shows at the tour. You know, I think that's what it's going to be. Other than that, the only thing that... I don't understand why they would hype it with live vid- with live video from that era if it were like an, a complete album box or anything like that. What are your thoughts on that? Shoot me a message, metalforgeradio at gmail.com. I'll read you on the air and see what you think. And obviously, you know, if you see that, uh, see me post that on Facebook and Instagram, I do want your opinions because, you know, I want to see what it is, too. We might break in with a special, special show or something, special snippet, snippet episode or something. I don't know. We might do something like that. It's crazy stuff. But seriously, thank you all for tuning in each and every week. I appreciate you all more than you do know. It gives me something to do to just get on here and do this and just look and see the feedback that I'm, I'm getting on, you know, from just the guests that come on. It's like, dude, I really like that episode that you had with Vanek at Halloween. That was really cool. Down below, there are links to the sponsors. And without you guys supporting them, they can't support the Metal Forge either. And I am so grateful that you all do help these businesses. Whether you're listening to their podcast, you're buying instruments from them, you're going and getting tattoos, you're going to the Discogs page. Thank you all so much, and continue to please support all of these guys. You know, Ageless Art, Tattoo and Piercing, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Better Days Records, Unchained Tapes, Mercenary Press, The Wrestling Steve Show, The Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, the It's Gonna Get Weird Podcast. Keep supporting those guys, because every bit helps us at the Metal Forge, and it helps them too. Also, making sure you all uh, click on the Spotify playlist as well. You get to hear all of the previous uh, bands that have been on the show. 
and you'll be supporting those people as well, too. Thank you all. So we're going to go ahead and get into some Traveler here. This is off of Termination Shock. This is Forever Man.
All right, metalheads, I am being joined up north this week from the band Traveler. I have Matt and JP here. Dudes, what is going on? Oh, well, JP's actually where you are, kind of. Where are you? I am I'm in, in Michigan. Oh shit! You're not that far away yeah. from me. You're about <laughs> oh, you're about three hundred or so miles to the north. Okay, you're in Ohio. I'm in uh, Indiana, actually. I'm I'm just Indiana. I'm, yeah, I'm just about a mile above Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, nice, nice, sweet. So close to the Indianapolis, right? Two hours away. Two hours away. Okay, yeah. yeah. I forget how the depth the depth of Indiana. Yeah, it it's a, it's a lot it's a lot longer of a state than it is wider of a state. Oh yeah. <laughs> so if you're coming from uh, Michigan, coming south, you're going to be in Indiana for it feels like about a month, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just as as the the cornfields when you get down down south that's when you when you realize how how long the state really is yeah it's, but, uh, it's a long place definitely i'm uh i'm no stranger to long drives man alberta's pretty fucking brutal for that <laughs> right i'm sure anything much north of you is probably even across the country is going to be that way Yep. Everything's like the closest city is Edmonton and that's, that's three hours, but any other city that's worth going to is like eight to 10 hours away. That's insane. I could not imagine yeah. being in a place like that. Well, I mean, it's kind of sick, man, because we're so close to the mountains and I, I fucking love the mountains and, uh, I don't know. It's great. Definitely. <laughs> I actually like it. I'm sure, you know, other than, I mean, of course you're used to the winter and stuff there because you, you know, you've been around it. But other than that, I'm sure it's, it's got its pros and cons, just like anywhere you go. Well, I'm definitely, I've lived here my entire life and I'm not used to it. Oh, I fucking hate, <laughs> I, I hate the winter, man. I hate being cold. It sucks. And it's about to start getting icy out. And I'm just dreading every morning I got to get up and drive to work on those roads. Right. <laughs> at, least, at least feel better that your place is drier, you know, because in Michigan, everything gets wet and slushy constantly because it's yeah. a more humid place, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that is it's very like, true. Gross. It gets gross. Yeah. Because I get that same kind of weather here. JP as well. It's, it's that wet slushy. Maybe it in February. It gets so cold, and I mean like in the teens, like 13, 14 degrees maybe, and then it starts to like harden up. But other than that, yeah, it's it's just that slushy, nasty, dirty snow. Yeah. Yep. But I mean. Midwest uh, style. Yeah, you just put up with it for the pros, man. Like uh, I like the mountains, and uh, the summers are beautiful here, and I don't know, whatever. Definitely. Know? Yeah, you got to. Buddy, it looks yeah. like Lord of the Rings out there. It's so sick. Yeah, it's like the coolest. That's awesome place. Like sure. uh, the the winter is brutal though. Like you will like freeze to your bones. It gets like de- literally deathly cold. Like stay inside is the order. Kind of cold, you know. So yeah. So tell everyone out in Metal Forge Land about Traveler. Well, Matt called me in 2017 and uh, said uh, like uh, he had three songs. And uh, I was rehearsing with a band at the time in Detroit, and I was like, these three songs kick ass. This is good. So um, then we got together and recorded it. And just since then, it's just like steadily grown in a very, or you know, just like real way, you know? That's how I feel about it. I don't know how Matt feels about it. I think the same way, sort of. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was surprised at the reaction when we released the demo, for sure. It was kind of just, uh, you know, I was I was getting restless with with music at the time with uh, my current bands 
uh, gate crasher, which doesn't exist anymore in Chrome. Uh, things were moving pretty slow. So I was getting antsy. So I was writing a bunch of stuff on my own. Uh, and I was like, yeah, well, I'm just going to see what happens when I release the demo. And uh, I just kind of, I got my buddy Jan, who sings in Chrome. He just did session drums for it. I wrote the lyrics and the guitar and recorded the bass and all that. But I needed a voice. So I called up JP because we've crossed paths in the past with like borrowed time and shit. Yeah. And I was like, I like his voice. I want to hear what he sounds like on this. Let's do it up. So yeah, we, we first bus. met at that fest in 2013 in Chicago. Was yeah yeah that's right so i bought i bought him a bus ticket and then uh yeah then it snowballed man and i'm pretty grateful definitely it looks like yeah. you recently i say recent because the pandemic era for any kind of band has been kind of in almost in this somewhat stasis everybody's kind of done something in the last year and you guys had termination shop come out in april of 2020 so just as the pandemic was really starting to to shut everybody down. Yeah, we released it right before our tour, and then we were going to, or was it right before, or right after? Was it was it right, right after. after. Yeah, it right came after. out right after, but like we finished it like a couple of months before we went out. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So, so we never we never really got a chance to uh, to tour at all, and obviously JP's in the states there, so borders were locked down, everyone was fucked, and we just weren't able to see each other. So um, SNK and then Termination Shock on the 2020 tour, and we plan to play a lot more songs from it on this next one. Yeah, definitely. Do you currently have something new that you're working on? Right at the beginning of the lockdown, I got a huge wave of inspiration and productivity and uh yeah i was staying really productive and i ended up writing most of an album within that time man it it got to me after a little while and eventually i like had no motivation for anything i wasn't getting like any inspirational riffs or i'd try to pick it up pick up my guitar and like figure something out just nothing was coming to me but i was but then i was going back to all the old shit that i wrote at the beginning and uh, it, we pretty much have an album, so we're gonna write a couple more. And actually, JP was just in town a month or two ago, and um, we demoed out vocals for for all the songs that we have. Um, we yeah, we we refined all the lockdown material because we we all developed yeah. our parts separately over the while because like Matt had the riff sets of the songs. Yeah, yeah, and then then we kind of got together to do like more definitive versions, and they they all came pretty quick just because uh, we had like a year extra to warm over the, the material but then like you know we didn't want it to be just warmed over we wanted it to be like you know attack it as hard as we can so it's like we got these like really ripping versions of these songs you know we had demos of earlier in the pandemic and matt was talking about how we um are looking for now like um you know to just write as many songs as possible and uh we're getting some riff sets together from um the other band members as well dave arnold and torian yeah so i so i think right now the plan is just to you know write a few more piece together everything we have and then just kind of pick and choose the best for for the album and uh but i gotta say man right now i'm like i'm pretty fucking stoked on the ones we have um they came together really well so yeah i was just listening to them earlier and like we're gonna kind of go through the same recording process we did before but just with what we've learned before so we're able to do it kind of separately and communicate you know what i mean so it's like uh that yeah that way the material will be like you know still go through what it needs to go through uh in its own development before we uh put the songs out and uh 
that way you know and we wanted yeah we want to do that with some new stuff too you know because right. like uh and, yeah and, like, and you still uh, want to keep the it's continuity it's just been a long ass time you know yeah it's been a long ass time definitely it's super heartbreaking to see bands have an album that that came out during 2020 and not be able to tour on it i know some, there's always going to be those some studio project bands out there that are not going to play it live anyways but when you make your make your bread on the road it's it's really hard to see bands that you know put in so much effort in everything they do and not get to play it live yeah it's a bummer but um i mean we're gonna make up for that next year hopefully so yeah hopefully everything goes back to somewhat kind of normal i know a lot of bands are already out touring and everything so that's always a plus yeah, I'm feeling better about it now than I ever have. So I'm pretty positive we're going to be able to actually do these tours. Even if there is the risk we might get stuck somewhere, I think we're all willing to take that risk because, I mean, we got to get out there, man. And we're getting sick of not doing shit. <laughs> Definitely. You know? you know, that's always been my, like, irrational fear of touring is, like, getting somewhere and getting stuck. Like, not having to sell my gear to get home kind of shit. You know what I mean? That's like... Yeah. A- Could very well happen, but, I mean, we when we were on that uh, that tour, um, we were on our way to Poland when, when everything was uh, crashing down, basically. And, right. And uh, we basically got the call. They were like, everyone everyone we were talking to was saying get home now as soon as you can we we took an emergency flight to paris we left jp in berlin because he wasn't feeling too well thankfully everything was fine but we had to take an emergency flight to paris and uh basically camp out at the airport for three days and uh they closed the border to france one hour after a flight took off Holy shit. That's insane. Yeah, I had so many friends who had that same experience happen. Like that is like such a I don't I don't not, I don't know if I want to say frightening, but it's it's definitely it ranks super high on the on the on the list for anxiety. It was pretty nerve-wracking, man, but at the same time, I don't know, like I can't speak for everyone else, but at least for me I had a hard time accepting the reality of the situation, even though I knew. But um, but no, Matt, it was absolute chaos. Remember, it was just yeah, it felt yeah, like it absolute was, chaos when it was happening. Well, it was so it was weird, man. Like it was obviously just brand new situation. No one could believe what was happening. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, it was it was scary, obviously. But when you're in the situation, I mean, like there's literally nothing you can do all you all you can do is try to get home and then you know just go to where you're supposed to be hope the flight takes off and whatever right like all of that was completely out of our control so i mean we just had to just try our best get on the plane and it worked and and you know it's great that you all did get the chance to make it home i do know a couple of people too that you know they were locked down where they were that to me is just like holy shit okay well this is real now so how do you go about okay so i'm in such and such country that i've you know this is the only time i've really ever been here now how do i uh how do i function in society again <laughs> in a country i've really never been to that i'm being forced to live in until borders reopen yeah yeah i don't know what it would be like to get stuck somewhere that isn't your home that would be scary for sure Definitely. Since 
2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you guys have some awesome artwork. I'm really digging the logo because it's like this whole speed of light thing. Yeah, that was made. Well, I do. So how I come up with my crack butt ideas is I just do a really shitty children's drawing of, <laughs> of like what I want something to look like. And then I get someone with talent. To make, <laughs> to make it look sick. So yeah, with the Traveler one, I, I was actually talking to Jan from Chrome, his ex-girlfriend. She did, you know, some small graphic design type stuff. And uh, yeah, I drew her a really crappy picture of the Traveler logo. And then uh, she refined it, made it cool. And then that got brought over to Dylan, who uh, incorporated into the art that you see now, man. So, And his art, I mean, he see, Dylan Barstead, he, he's been like a, a Calgary staple, even though he lives just outside of Calgary. I've always been a big fan of his art. He, he's, in, he's in another band called Cadaver Dog. If they got out there, man, they would do just as well as Whiplash or Bewitcher or any of those guys. But uh, yeah, and I've always loved his art it's very you know he has more of a punk skater style to it but he can also refine it like uh he does he he can fine-tune it to where it's not so punk either you know i, I don't know how to explain it but right. he's just really yeah refined. he's really yeah, what i like good. with the um with the I, I i like ellison's original logo a lot and then his logo like and they, they both sort of like fed off each other's perspective on it, I felt like, because what I love the most about it is that it like eschews, to use a stupid $3 word, <laughs> uh, like generic, like chromed out looking stuff. You know, it looks more like more like a, a broken television that's like giving you weird static from like, you know, right. weird uh, chatter. And uh, yeah. you're like, what, what are they? What is this? I, am I hearing things? No. Uh, and, and I like that a lot. You know, uh, and it seems like Dylan really fed right off of Allison's, uh, you know, take with that. And it's, uh, for me, that's very strong. Like, uh, it, 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 
I, I loved it right away. Yeah, it definitely has that CRT monitor through the through the screen thing where it's got like the the phase lines in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And on the actual album artwork from the demo slash split to the album Termination Shock, it seems like there is an evolution of the uh, the weird squid monster on the cover. Yeah, Marvin. Marvin. Marvin Marvin. Nice. I'm really digging the, I don't know if I want to, it's like somewhere in time, Eddie meets mother brain. It's, it's etymology. Yeah. Right. Uh, No, but like, uh, oh, mother brain from Metroid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember like, I remember being like three and like, and I was afraid of mother brain and like Nintendo power cartoon. It was like, Ooh, mother brain. Definitely. Yeah. Like, uh, oh dude. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh that's, that's a cool take on it for sure. I, I don't know. We, uh, Matt's written a lot of lore about him that he's expanded into lyrics. Like he did Starbreaker, right? And then like, um, I wrote a bit about him for Termination Shock. We're, we're, we're just like, uh, kind of building a little story and a little world for him to play around in. Cause it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, with Matt's original Starbreaker lyrics, it's like something that like feels so prophetic that like you can turn into this sci-fi story and expand upon it. And why not? Because, you know, Maiden does it with, with Eddie. And even though there might not be a song directly saying that Eddie does something, he's definitely portrayed as doing things, especially on, in the live show and in the videos. I mean, Iron Maiden's going to get you. I mean, they're not talking about like an inanimate object coming after you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Because yeah. what inanimate yeah. object, you know, exactly. It's like, that ain't going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll put you in it, but it's like the thing isn't going to come after you. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, inspiration behind having a storyline based around the mascot was basically because of prome because we've been doing that with powerheart for you know the last 10 years and uh there's i there's a chance we're going to be melding the universes the traveler and chrome universe storyline together um yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah, it's like, why not, man? Like, you only live once, so, like, get, get creative, get together, do some, like, fun, you know, stuff that stirs the mind, right? Like, uh, what I like about Marvin is, like, there's this opportunity to just do multiple narratives, because, like, Starbreaker is just the, the the story of him destroying the world and then you have like in termination shock the perspective of somebody who's out there in space while it's happening and then uh, there, there, there's a song we're working on for the new one where it's the uh some guy sees it in the future and it's a little like philip k dickish a little bit of asimov in there so it'll be it'll be a fun one nice yeah off topic here and i'm gonna ask this question before the general profile stuff comes up speaking of philip k dick do you have any particular story that you like of his um i really like do androids dream of electric sheep because it's just so it's a definitely it's, it's a favorite from when i was younger i you know i i was always an asimov guy the foundation series has been like a huge one uh, for me and I, i'm really afraid to see the show <laughs> i'm right. really like i'm like i'm deeply deeply afraid <laughs> well you and i <laughs> to, feel that and i'm the exact portrayal same way I'm the exact same way with uh, Philip K. Dick, because obviously, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep is Blade Runner. And granted, Blade Runner is an amazing film. I still haven't seen 2049 yet, but A Scanner Darkly, which is a great 
great novel. I refuse to watch the That's film. the one I was trying to remember when I switched to Asimov. I'm like, I'm too dumb. I have to, I have to change the author. Oh, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> I refuse to watch the film, even though the, the cast of the film is great. The mm-hmm. way the way the film is shot, I, I, I've seen like 15 minutes of it, and I just can't do what, it. The Jack Grind radio style? Uh, yeah, it, it looks style like... Visuals. Yeah, it looks <laughs> like... It looks like PS2 graphics almost to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. And it's funny looking shit. And then obviously Total Recall, which is the, the short story. We can remember it for you wholesale. Two weeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. The story is so good, but like it's sick. It's the- sick. And the movie version, even though it dumbs it down, is just so rad. It's the it- raddest movie. Dude, like Michael cool. Ironside. I could watch Michael Ironside chase Arnold Schwarzenegger for ten fucking years. And- I could watch that. And like Kuato lives and all that shit. And the. Oh, yeah. The, Start spo- the reactor. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The tracking device where he pulls it out of his nose, which doesn't doesn't happen in the in the novel. It's just like, what? No, dude, but you have to have you have to have Arnold taking himself apart in some cool way. You got to have oh, the yeah. back. You know, he says, I'll be back, Bennett, in Commando. You got to have him doing something where he's like, yeah, like, okay, let's have him do a Terminator thing where he takes part. It's like a stop motion face and then animatronic and and he's, you know, yeah, perfect. And you say him taking apart himself in a cool way. And I will always remember the scene from T2 where he like pulls the skin off of his arm and he shows the the guy at Cyberdyne the 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 uh endoskeleton and the guy's Miles just like Dyson. Dyson, yes. Yeah. And he's like, oh and you could see it on his face. He's like, what the fuck is this? I say Miles Dyson like it's like some important name from real life. I'm like, oh yes, yeah, Miles Dyson. <laughs> this, is, this is this is knowledge that that I have. Definitely. Hey, hey, okay, hold on. Speaking of T two, uh what do you think about the director's cut versus the uh director's cut all the way. The one- really? Yes. Oh uh, no, man. Yeah. No, 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 no. Director's cut all the way. <laughs> and no, and the reason kidding. why I say that is because okay. the smile scene can go fuck itself. Okay. That, okay, yeah. That one scene can go fuck itself. But the end For of sure. the the end of the film when Sarah Connor She's old? It, no, when Sarah, nah, nah, when the- nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, go on, go on. The end of the film when the John is there uh, with, uh, uh. yeah, with the two Sarah Connors, and then he sees where the molten metal is making the T one thousand not be able to function properly, and it's like legs are molding to the graded floor. Shit like okay. that to me is super cool. Because it's Dude, okay, so love a song that we're working on. I'm just gonna let the cat. Can I let the cat out of the bag? <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. This is so coincidental. Like wait, uh, wait, wait, we are wait, working wait, on a wait. song. Like no, no, go yeah. for it. I was just uh, I get, we get spoilers. Yeah, this is a moment. No, yeah, this yeah, is a genuine spoiler. moment. We're not. We didn't. We didn't pantomime this fucking rehearsal or any of the fuck shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just. Uh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Terminator Two uh, is a subject of one of the demos that we were working on. Like. Uh, and just all the, the, the very much the themes that you're like hard getting into right now. Yeah, that's like that's touched upon in the song for sure. So it's just a really cool coincidence, you know? Definitely. Yeah. 
I've taken inspiration from film before in my band as well, and it's always interesting to spin that stuff around to question it because, you know, with the time change that happened, you know, I I often think about weird little shit like that. And I, I had said something to a friend of mine saying, in an automated society where our, our cell phones automatically change the time and with Google Home and Alexa and all that shit is automatically going to do it as well. So there there will be kids out there who will never know what it means to change the clock back manually. I, I have I, I literally also wrote a verse about something just like this in another fucking song. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, dude, what are you who told you about me? Who who told you about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go, man. Uh, We're touching on some relatable shit, I guess. But what, yeah, well, right yeah, there. yeah. But uh, the T2 thing, man. Okay, wait. I I have to make this point just because T2 is my favorite movie of all time, and I'll have to explain why the director's cut ruins the entire movie. Uh oh. And it's only for one. It's basically one scene. Like, yeah, the corny smile scene and whatever extras they threw in whatever i can i can put up with that but there's that one scene where they're in that warehouse or tool room or whatever and uh sarah does the surgery on his head to like flick his his uh chip so that he can learn right that ruins everything because the whole thing at the end when the whole like tearjerker father son thing where he's like i now know why humans cry uh it was like like he was figuring all this stuff out on his own and learning off of john you know instead of just being a computer being like okay now you can learn you know it's like he's fighting his own computer instincts you know what i mean i see what you're saying it makes it better man Makes the way better, and that's just my opinion. But I'll go to my speaking grave. of different. Speak, okay, <laughs> to the grave. Uh, speaking to the of grave. different, uh, to the grave with that one. Speaking of different opinions on uh, different versions. Hey, uh, did you ever see the Blade Runner with uh, where it's like? Oh, the director's cut. I'm, no, the theatrical version where I'm narrating the fucking movie. It's fucking as uh, this Edward James almost. You see, I'm speaking some weird fucking language. I, I don't know. <laughs> you, ever, you ever see that fucking version? It's, it's, have... he's, he narrates the whole thing like like everyone that's watching it is dumb. You know, it's I... really it's, it's the funniest version. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually seen that. I only have the director's cut of it. Oh, dude, yeah, you're missing out. Like all the like seriously, like the early fucked up versions in this day and age are actually. You know, in a way, they're they're fun to watch. Right. You know, director's yeah. cut stuff is funny to me because I watched an interview with Quentin Tarantino and he was asked a question if he was ever going to release a director's cut of Pulp Fiction. And he said, you know, he's like, you know, I really don't agree with all these director's cuts coming out because I made the movie I wanted to make the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he says he says it in his own histrionic way, but it's really true. It's kind of like. I mean, if I were him, I'd just be like, well, that is the director's that, that That's it. There it is. Right. But he had to be condescending about it, which I, I still well, yeah, I still yeah. really appreciate. But <laughs> He's got his histrionic way, you know, but like uh, I, I've been on and off with him. I had a hatred period for a while. Like there was a phase where I was just like, no, no, it's just trash. Uh, but now I'm like, I, I enjoy I very much enjoy Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown is a great, great movie. Oh, like, dude, oh, I yeah. just watched that Top again. to bottom. Uh, I watched that again recently, man. Fuck, the movie's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. Like, I mean, De Niro, it's like, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> awesome. So some cool stuff is coming down the pike, as they say. You know, some possible T2 related music and, you know, some other cool stuff. Hopefully soon, before too long, early into 2022, we'll be getting some new music. Yeah, you'll get some yeah, new I mean, Marvin lore. Oh, sorry, man. But yeah, we're we're working on it, man. And we got like earlier this year, or uh, I can't remember a little little while ago, we did some guest stuff for uh, Thor's new album, which is released now. Um, and then we uh, we got something else coming out too, which we can't say. Quite quite. He's such a super rad guy to talk to. Thor is Thor Michael Thor. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cool. He was he was on the show back in July for the Alliance album, you know, press release stuff. I think he gets a bad rap. Honestly, he does. And you know what? I mean, he does. And he's the Archangel Triton. Anger is his middle name. And uh, Thor is great. (laughs) He is. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. So I'm going to go ahead and switch over here, and I'm going to get into some general profile questions. Matt, you're familiar with this. JP, this is your time on this as well. I'll follow along. Definitely. Do you have any hobbies or interests outside of music? Uh, yeah, uh, I like yeah. cook. Actually, JP is a wicked cook. Yeah, I, I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I cook up I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay at it, but yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Matt, Matt's, uh, uh, you know, he, he, he was skated and I think started taking it up again recently. Yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely got a lot more into skateboarding, especially through the pandemic. Um, you know, there's one really good indoor skate park here, uh, that I hit up during the winter. And then, uh, we actually have Canada's largest outdoor skate park, Millennium, uh, which is super sick too. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've been picking that up again. Um, I'm not as limber as I was back when I was young. <laughs> right. But I can, but I, you know, I still, I'm, I got a couple more tricks in the bag and, uh, I'm starting to pick up kind of where i left off like i was never really that good but uh it's it's fun man it's super fun and outside of that you know i'll I'll like to go snowboarding when i can and uh i actually i don't know i love foosball (laughs) i like getting drunk and beating dave at foosball that's fun (laughs) and darts me like i i've given up drinking over the past year and a half and like uh 
since then, I've just kind of done a few things, but it's not been so bad. Like uh, just running every day. You know, I, I spent a lot of time looking for like the, a good job as a cook because like right now it's like aging C out there, you know. Uh, but I finally, you know, I found an amazing chef and sous chef to work under and like a uh, killer place and a uh, killer menu. So stoked on that, you know. And then like uh, uh, other than that, not a lot. Like uh, I'm just like the kind of guy that like lives like a little mole guy and now in my little apartment. And, uh, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I'd be like, uh, that's, that sounds horrible, but I fucking love it. I, I love going to bed. My futon cozy as shit. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, congratulations on the choice to, you know, quit drinking and, and start running. I'm sure it has oh, vastly I mean, improved I, the vocal uh, stamina. Uh, it's I, I, it's getting like um, better every year, and that's something that like has kept me doing it basically, right? The fact that like it seems to like the quality seems to increase every year if I put the work in. So right. it's like yeah, like uh, even if I do eventually hit the wall, if it increases enough, um, yeah, maybe that won't even be a bummer. Definitely. Describe your favorite part about being a musician. Oh, that's a good question. It's hard to say. Because there's so many different things about it that I love. Like, obviously, I love playing live, but, um, I don't know. I like, I like the feeling you get from a, you know, a certain section in a song that tickles that bone where you're like, yeah, that's a sweet spot kind of thing. Like, and right. just sends a shiver up your own spine. So, like, you know, when you, the emotional callback, but yeah, like when you listen to one of your favorite songs, um, and it sends that chill up your spine. It's, it's awesome to be able to do that on your own. But I'm just saying, like, it's cool to be able to create those moments with something that you created. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, for me, it's been measuring up to Matt's songs as far as being in Traveler. You know, like, he, uh, he lays out the riff set and it's like, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how I'm going to do that. You know, this is like, this is a cool song. And, and for me, like, uh, I, in my experience doing this, my favorite thing is watching talented people succeed. Not just monetarily, but yeah, I, I fucking do include monetarily, but spiritually. Because uh, when you watch their music connect, you know what I mean? When like you watch that moment on stage where like they hit like sweet spot or something and like uh, there's a cool crescendo in the song and everyone feels it and you, you watch them know that they know that they feel it. It's like, that's so fucking cool to watch. I love seeing that every time. Absolutely. Yeah. I will go with that right there because it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a monetary thing. I think even if, even, even that though, even that though, I love seeing like, uh, you know, cause like I, uh, I, I did a fill in tour with, uh, the band Crimson Shadows once and uh, Unleashed the Archers was on the tour and it was before, you know, they, um, are as big as they are now, but I, I watched them like they worked their asses. You know what I mean? Definitely. So it's just like, and they're like the, they, they have some of the best musicians ever in that band, uh, that, uh, even like, uh, that have uh, come into play bass as well. Uh, some, some great players. So like, um, yeah, even, even in that case. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would say that or like, uh, but the, just that the best is to watch them hit that like awesome spot with the crowd. Definitely. And the crowd just like moves along with it. And it's like, uh, uh, you can't beat that. You can't be watching anyone get that, you know, get that, uh, kind of power, you know? Absolutely. Well, that's way, exactly where I was the going way with that. They did it. Yeah. The way they did it too, man, was, uh, super genuine. And that translates, yeah. that translates. Yeah. Because, you know? I'll bet I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you like uh, every single person on that, uh, that tour that was smaller that saw them said to all of their friends and everybody, their aunt and uncle, like this was the, the amazing thing that I saw. Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. On the flip side of that, describe or tell me your least favorite part about being a musician. 
I don't know. I guess it's it's easy to get sucked into the pressure of living up to hype and things like that. But at the same time, like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I've cared to a degree where you always kind of want to, you know, you, you want to represent yourself the way that you did on the record and translate that live as well. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, it's a real time thing. Like, nothing's going to be perfect and you shouldn't be really doing it for other people. It's mostly for yourself. It's kind of a self thing. <laughs> oh, very much. Because it, it, it very much is for the people, but if it's not making you happy, then you shouldn't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, to put, to put it down to one word, actually, Matt hit it on the head right there, the, the selfishness of it. That's what, like, is the most negative aspect of it for me, because it's causing me to flake out like lots of parts of life, you know? Definitely. Just yeah. Like, yeah, you feel like a tramp, you know? So it's just like, you're like, Ugh. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, the negative aspect, I would say, is just the yeah, it's feeling like you have to flake out on life. Like, even though, like, you might not like your job, you're like, you still, like, don't hate, really actually hate the people you work with. You don't really actually want to fuck them over. You know, it's just real ass shit, you know, that you got to deal with in doing this. Oh, absolutely. For sure. What was your worst live performance and what did you learn from it? Uh, oh, boy. Oh, oh yeah. Echo first. Oh, that, was, echo first. That, was, that, that was probably Palomino, honestly. Do you remember that one? Yeah, it was real bad, dude. I just rolled into town and I was like, like just my, my wheels had spun out. I was like completely, I was gaunt and tired and sickly feeling. Yeah, like uh, just uh, I just looked like a bag of shit on stage. And then, uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, I my timing was very poor. Yeah, that was my worst show with the band. Definitely. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it was it, we we typically don't play that well in Calgary because what we've learned from that specifically is uh, not just jumping on stage without rehearsing at least a day or two before because the way our band operates is that, you know, we're all we're all in different cities, which is a huge disadvantage. But, um, you know, sometimes sometimes we'll book these shows. And we'll be like, okay, JP, get here, uh, whatever, on the day if you can. And then, uh, and then we'll just hop on stage and fucking do it. Hopefully everyone did their homework and hope for the best. Sometimes it we got, we got lucky for a while. We got lucky for a while, but that one was the wake up call where it's like, okay, we're, we've stopped getting lucky. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there, yeah, there was, there was a time. Yeah. At the very beginning where it seemed like we didn't need that much rehearsal to fucking get it done. Um, but yeah, that there's been a couple shows where it was a big wake up call for sure. So, so now we're really focusing on our, uh, on our live performance for sure. Um, yeah. Palomino, whatever, whatever year that was, JP rolled in on the bus, I think like an hour yes. before we went on stage. Oh yeah. Uh, and it was just like, actually not even, you rolled into the bar, like as we were sound checking. Oh, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. So that was a bad one. What is your process with getting through performance anxiety? I honestly don't really get it too much. I, the only time I really hit me was keep it true. Um, but honestly, I just keep my head down and I just, I just stay focused on the music. And I actually, actually, the trick that I use is I only kind of look front row, even though I should probably look further back and engage with people back there too. Right. But, uh, I look front row quite a bit because it ends up being a little bit more personal. Um, and you know, if, if it's something like a keep it true crowd, I tried to look at just the front row and then I saw it all the way to the back and it fucked me up. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, I don't know, there's no real easy way around it, but, but I mean, I, I've, I've been doing it enough to where I don't really get it as bad as I used to, for sure. Um, definitely. I just get myself in a headspace where, you know, I mean, what about yeah, you, what JP? About you, how do you, how do you deal with it? Uh, it all, I mean, like, um, it's weird, man. Like over the years, my mental health has kind of been a roulette wheel. So here and there. So like, if I'm feeling good, the show is good. If I'm feeling bad, the show can make is 70% chance of being. <laughs> that's, that's okay. it. I th- I'm pretty sure that's it. I think that's, I think I got the ratio. Definitely. Yeah. yeah it just depends yeah. how you feel that day, man. That works the same yeah. for me too, man. Hell if yeah. you're feeling kind of shitty, yeah, if you're just feeling shitty, whatever personal shit you got going on, um, yeah. Sometimes I've noticed if I, I take happen. a nap beforehand, it really fucks me up. Like, I don't feel like wanting to play. Oh, like, hell yeah. Oh, dude. Dude, you're so fucking right. I had this show in Mannheim, Germany, like a few years ago. I, I was like, this is a great idea because, like, I'm so tired from the road. And I, I just need a nap. I need a nap. And dude, my throat was closed fucking shut when I was right on stage. And like, I still had like morning grog. It was the stupidest decision ever. I think it affects me mentally to a degree because then it's like, you know, you, you sit there and you sleep for like a couple of hours and then you're just like, what the fuck? I don't, I don't want to fucking be awake right now. Yeah. I, that's, and, and then you get the, the after effects, like what you're talking about too, being just like the grogginess and just being like, what the, you know, what the fuck? I don't want to be on stage right yeah. now. <laughs> no. And, but you know, you still do. And that's the 30%. But yes. like I'm trying to make it so that is that thirty percent is far less. Definitely. And you know, maybe even not none. <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, I uh, I do uh since um, you know, I not drinking is finally kind of normalized for me. You know, where it's that thing where it's just like, okay, like uh that 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 that, that Chris Rock joke about like I need Whitney to give us like three crackless albums, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like I, I've, I've been, I, I've been away from booze that long, you know, so that now it's like normalized and I, I just feel like, you know, touring is going to be kind of easier. Like getting sleep will be easier. Right. And like, you know, my mates in the band, you know, they're really, they, they, they hold their booze like, um, like five motorheads. So they're, they're, they're fine. Yeah. For sure. Hey guys, Wesley Steve of the Wesley Steve show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show. And I am the host, Wesling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards.
It's Gonna Get Weird is the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. What is something you've always wanted to do, but you're not coordinated enough to do? Uh, Drumming. I can't drum. I can't, like, I can dick around with the toms and, and the hi-hat, but the kick drum, can't do it. Spoken it's, like it's a impossible. true guitar player. Yeah. It's fucking impossible, man. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, Um, you know, I, I a lot of people in music are, like, really shy about, like, showing limitations and i've seen some people even like you know fabricate things you know and that's like weird you know i just the whole weird like attitude thing you know what i mean so it's like i'm not afraid to say like you know i'm I'm okay at bass like foundational like you know what i mean like a cover band level at bass you know and I, I like to play around on that but like i wish i was better at it and then uh you know wish i was better at guitar and i definitely wish i was better at drums too for sure yeah like uh uh but um it could be a f- more future pursuits, but you know, right now I, I just got to work and work and work. All, all I got time to do is sing. Uh, you know, I, I got some other projects done the pipeline as well. So like, uh, yeah, just, uh, time is taken up. Hell yeah. For the listeners out there, recommend one album or artist other than yourself. Uh, well, I, I'd always say power slave. Cause I, I think that's the best album of all time, but to not get so cliche, I guess I would go with, um, uh, I don't know. Crimson Glory, Transcendence. That's that's a cool choice. Yeah, yeah. one of my favorites for sure. Hell yeah, yeah, that's a cool choice. Um, I've been uh getting down to like you know I, I have some comfort recordings I get back to you know so like Conception from Norway. If any anybody hasn't heard their '90s material specifically, it's pretty pretty sick stuff. Hell yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out because I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, progressive. It's a uh, Tore Otsby. Uh, I think I'm butchering his name because I can never get Scandinavian names for shit, you know. <laughs> but like, uh, uh, yeah, I'm butchering his name for sure. But uh, he he played in that band Ark, you know, with uh, Jorn Lande. Yeah, uh, that singer. Yeah, yeah, same guy, same guitar player, and uh, it's like his band before that. And it has a uh, Roy Kahn, the guy that uh, sang for Camelot uh, before he did that. Is uh, really good. Definitely. Really good stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, I've got one more question, but. Before we get into it, as always, links will be listed below. So give these guys a like, a share, and a follow. Go to the Bandcamp page, buy some merch, buy some albums, buy some music, do whatever you do to support anybody out there that you would normally support. And do you guys have any shout-outs you want to give to anybody before we go today? Uh, I don't know, man. Shout-out to Stu, our manager in, in the, the UK there. He puts on BroFest. Stuart Bartlett. Um, Stuart Bartlett, man. He's he's the man. He's uh been working at getting us back in Europe for since the fucking pandemic started. I think this is our third try. <laughs> wow. So 
he works wonders, man. He's always got your back, and uh, I don't know. Thankful to have him on our on our team. Great fella. And then oh, yeah. uh, a- AMG shouts shouts out to AMG over stateside. That's right, Ian Watts, man. Yeah, that guy rules too. He's been really patient with us. You know, it's it's been tough to make that call to uh, to do the U.S. tour. We didn't want to jump the gun too soon, uh, and you know, deal with another cancellation. So definitely, we got that all we got that all cooking. Um, so now we're joining up with Haunt and Screamer um, in April. So that's oh, yeah. gonna be shouts a- out, shouts out to Big Daddy Trev and definitely, Haunt. yeah, Trevor, man. Trevor Church is uh is great man. He's such a cool dude to work with. He's a sweetheart. Uh, he really is. He yeah, helps out yeah, so many we're, bands. Yeah, he's a super genuine dude, man. So I'm thankful to uh be his friend. Definitely. Yeah. I I would definitely yeah. uh support that shout out as well. And uh, it was it was right away too. It wasn't one of those ones where it's like, you know, it takes a second or something cuz uh we you know, we just met right in the UK. Uh, to play for, together for the first time, and it was uh, Brofest was a blast. Stuart puts on a great barbecue there. You know? Oh yeah, real uh, yeah yeah yeah. He knows how to smoke those meats. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question of the day here: What was the first album you purchased with your own money? Uh, I think I think it was uh, Offspring Smash on cassette. That's cool. Pretty pretty sure. I think I was in grade six. And I, I guess it wasn't my own money. I, my mom gave me like five or 10 bucks or something. Uh, and I think I just bought that, but yeah, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure that's it. And I actually still have it. <laughs> that's cool that you, that you actually still have it. Yeah. Yeah. I still got a couple from, uh, back in the day there. Hell yeah. What about yeah. you, JP? What was the first album you purchased with your own money? It was, uh, the first Sabbath album in uh, eighth grade. Because, uh, um, you know, I, I had other CDs around, but they were just kind of like, you know, lifted for my parents' collection, right? right. Or like a friend or something, let me borrow it. Uh, and, um, yeah, that was the first one with my money because uh, m- my dad was on an Aussie kick. And I know, like, Sharon was pumping out a lot of money at that time. And Aussie was being promoted like crazy. Like, do you remember that wave of, like, 98, 99? Oh, yes. Aussie radio, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie all the time. The like, free Osborne's promotion wave. Like, oh, my God, how much money do you think she spent? Like, holy shit. And so my dad was getting back into him and, like, you know, kind of pumping his 80s recordings. And I'm like, oh, I want to hear what he did first. And so, like, uh, yeah, like, and I didn't like it. Okay, so this isn't like, you know, like, I was metal from the beginning. I didn't like it. I was like, wait, what? this doesn't sound right. This sounds weird because I just didn't. I wasn't used to the Sonics and any 70s recording anything from the 60s you know definitely and, and it, yeah. it it took a different shape once you know and granted it was nine months different or eight eight months something like that between the first album and paranoid coming out but it was so different from the first album to the second album um like uh i think just the songs were different like uh you know they they, they were very inspired and like there was so much inspiration from different you know, facets uh, and they, they weren't, you know, it wasn't codified, you know, you're this, you know, back then. So right. the songs just all had a different feel. You know, some of them sounded like Iron Butterfly. Some of them sounded like more evil Zeppelin, you know? Right. Well, I think what it is too is, you know, throwing it to the wall and seeing what sticks. 
because yeah, obviously, yeah, dude, especially like that's my favorite era of them. He's talking like sabotage and like seventh place seventh. That's my that's the shit. That's right. Yeah, so I, seventy five, seventy six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Dio and Tony Martin to death, and uh, Ian Gillen era as well. Like, there's some amazing live videos for that era. But like, uh, yeah, yeah, like that era of Sabbath though was their creative zine for sure. Sabotage, seventh place seventh. Definitely. In yeah, they're in my opinion. And I'm a volume four fan personally. So oh, I love that one too, man. Right. Just because shit. of yeah. it it's heavy as shit. It's got my two favorite songs, uh, Snowblind and Supernaut, and just like Yeah. I think it's a perfect album personally. <laughs> that's just me though. <laughs> yeah, that's rad, man. For sure. Dudes, JP, Matt, thank you so much for coming into the Metal Forge this week. This has been super cool. I've had such a good time talking with you guys today. It's been super awesome and super fun. On the way out today from Termination Shock, what are we playing out? Oh, good question. I don't know. Want to do Deep Space? Yeah, man. That's awesome. You'll be hearing. Yeah, we'll we'll be playing that one on the road, man. So. But is it Can Deep Space forward? Not? No, I'm kidding. Deep <laughs> Space Mine. <laughs> Dudes, again, seriously, thank you. Here it is from Traveler. This is Deep Space.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.